Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our next podcast for Peninsula Baptist Church. So glad that you chose to join us, and whatever you may be doing, if you're just sitting at home, driving down the road, whatever it may be, I pray that you are um, well and that you're having a blessed day. I want to jump in today and and talk about the 12 characteristics of a healthy church. And we'll get to that in just a few moments. But before that, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Daniel. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, I'm around the microphone by myself today, so it's going to be a solo act as we go forward and talk about what drives us as a church. What are the things that helps us know we are doing what we're supposed to be doing? And uh, what makes us wake up in the morning? What makes us uh, tweak things? What makes us change things on the calendar? Those types of things of what we're going to be talking about. But if you know, if you've known me very long, you know that I'm one that always likes to warm things up with a good dad joke. And uh, this this is a funny dad joke that that someone told me this past Sunday. And when I told it to a few people, they said some of them thought it was hilarious, and some <laughs> said that one falls on the goofy side of things. So I don't know where you'll categorize this joke, but hey, um, I categorize all jokes whether they're funny or not. That's the way I do it. Um, I don't put them in goofy or not, but maybe <laughs> you do. But here here it is. Here's the joke. What is the scariest plant in the jungle? You ready? The scariest plant in the jungle is bamboo. (laughs) That's funny. That's just funny. It's just silly enough for any age to get it. So if you're a dad, you're listening to it, any age will get that joke. And uh, yes, of course, my wife, she kind of laughed but rolled her eyes at the same time. Especially when I told it to her the third time, just to see what she would do. Uh, but anyway, that's how we warm things up around here. Hey, today's topic is talking about the twelve characteristics of a healthy church, and um, getting this list that I'm uh, actually going to be reading from, and then uh, kind of giving my commentary on it uh, from a book that was written by the International Mission Board, which we call the IMB. Uh, called Foundations. You can actually go online and Google Foundations, IMB, and it'll come up. Um, uh, It's $5. It's a downloadable, so you could download it uh, and look at it and reference it. And and, and this book called Foundations is literally what the International Mission Board missionaries use when they're on the field to make disciples who make disciples. And their goal uh, in the missionary's task is to plant a church. And once the church is reaching uh, the 12 characteristics of being a healthy church, that missionary then needs to make the decision, do I stay here or do I move on, release the church to do its thing, and then go plant a church somewhere else? And so we use this as a reference point at Peninsula Baptist Church to evaluate where we are in our discipleship-making process as well. And so you might be interested to find out that there are actually 12 characteristics to a healthy church. It's not just uh, when you walk through the door on Sunday morning, um, you know, two people smiled at you, and one person patted you on the back, and you felt good, and the music was all right, and uh, the budget's doing good, and so therefore that must be a healthy church. Um, There are actually biblical calls to a church of what um, is, is a healthy church. In fact, you'll hear me refer to these 12 characteristics with the term biblical. 
uh, because there you probably know I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a hard sell for me to convince you that there are organizations out there that call themselves church, and they're not necessarily biblical. And in my estimation, they're no longer really a church. If you're not biblical, you're not being a church. And there are a lot of calls and pulls and pushes of, of what a, a place who calls themselves a church should be. Um, but, uh, you know, it has to be biblical. So you'll hear me refer to biblical. You'll hear that word a lot and uh, as we refer to it and go through it. And we'll kind of go through these 12 in, in just a, a few moments. And, and first of all, let me say the church is about the people, right? It's not the building. Um, it's not the programming. It's the people. I, I remember when I was a, a little kid, I learned the little nursery rhyme where you put your hands together and you, you make your fingers kind of, you know, go down into the palm of your hands and, and you've got them interlocked together. And you say, here's the church and here's the steeple. And you put your two index fingers up to make the steeple. And you say, open the door and then you unfold your hands and here's the people. And, and you know, your fingers sticking up there are the people. And I just remember doing that. And then I did some variations of it where I would leave my my fingers out, um, and I did one one time that made my dad laugh, and so I thought it was funny, and so I just kept doing it over and over and over. Is where I, I interlaced my fingers where they're on the outside of my hands, and I said, "Here's the church, here's the steeple," and I did that with my index fingers. Open the door, and where's the people? Oh, it's Saturday. Um, so you know, just kind of a funny play on that. But church is about the people, and that's where we're going with that, and that's that's really what we're talking about when we're looking at. The, the healthy characteristics of a church, um, what makes a church healthy is, is, are the people growing in their walk with the Lord? And there are things that the Bible calls the church to do to make sure that happens. Before we get to those 12 characteristics, which we will get to in just a moment, I want to read what the definition of the local church is um, from the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. This is the the, the, the document that we ascribe to as a church. This is the foundation of who we are as a church. And this is their definition, which I think is a very good definition of what the local church is. And perhaps this might create some questions in your mind, especially, especially if you're new to Peninsula and you, um, you come from a different denomination. Uh, you don't understand Baptist. There's a lot of, a lot of times when Baptist churches are in the movies, it's, it's sold incorrectly. Um, it is not what happens in the Baptist church. Um, but if you're coming from a different denomination and, and we do things a little bit differently, or you don't know what drives what we do, uh, this will help a little bit give a definition of what, what the Baptists are saying, the Bible's definition of what a local church is. And this is what it says right here. A New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous, and autonomous means it governs itself, is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, that's a baptism and communion, governed by His laws, exercising the gifts, which are the gifts of the Spirit, rights, and privileges invested in them by His Word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the Lordship of Christ through the democratic process. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers, offices are pastors and deacons, 
While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. And I know that can be a controversial statement there, especially at the end, but this is what we ascribe to at Peninsula. And uh, we want to align Peninsula Baptist Church as closely as we possibly can to Scripture. Well, what drives this? What drives what we do is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18, and 20, which says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is through the ESV translation, by the way. Um, All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This This is a commissioning of God's people to go. And then uh, the church, the local church, was established by Christ himself. Um, and so he, he calls us out. So that was a big setup. Let's, let's get into the, the 12 characteristics of what a healthy church is. I'm just going to read the list real quick, and then I'm going to go back and give just a brief commentary on how I, as the lead pastor, feel about this. And am in agreement with the other pastors on staff, too, uh, with how we feel about these 12 characteristics. Um, It's evangelism, discipleship, membership, leadership, uh, preaching and teaching, the ordinances of baptism and Lord's Supper, uh, biblical worship—sorry, I'm throwing in the biblical—worship, fellowship, prayer, accountability, and discipline— which is one I'll, I'll talk about in just a few moments. Uh, probably put a little bit more time into that one. Giving and missions. Those I'm going to go back over those. I know that was a quick hit, but I wanted you to have kind of a reference in your mind of where we were going um, as we're talking through these. First, let's talk about biblical evangelism. Biblical evangelism uh, over, over the history of many churches has been that uh, bring your lost people to the church and let them hear a gospel presentation, and they will, you know, which is, I think, worthy. It's, the gospel needs to be preached every week, and uh, lost people need to be able to come into the church and see the gospel being lived out. But biblical evangelism is comes from people coming into the church because they have heard the full biblical message of the gospel. Biblical evangelism is taking place out on the streets and the highways and the byways. Uh, the people are called to go and share their faith. Uh, it, it, it is great that you can invite a lost friend to Peninsula because my goal is that the gospel in some way, shape, form, or fashion will be presented in each message. They will get a sense of who Jesus is. They'll get a sense of who God is. They'll get a sense of the calling and have an opportunity to hear that. But biblical evangelism is done by each believer. Um, once you are... Uh, come to the realization that you need Jesus, you also don't just receive him, you go and tell other people about him. That's biblical evangelism. Biblical evangelism is going out and telling other people. So uh, the first characteristic of a healthy church is that, that the people are willing to go and share about the transformative experience they had in Christ with other people. 
And uh, so that's how you gauge, is your church healthy? Are people following biblical evangelism? And so this is kind of a, a rubric that we kind of put out there to say, are we making disciples who make disciples? Are the disciples who are Christ followers in our church, are they sharing their faith with other people? And that'll be evident by people coming and, and, and sharing, hey, this person just shared uh, their faith, and this person just received it, and now we're having baptisms as a result of it. Okay, so first off, characteristic is biblical evangelism. The second one is biblical discipleship. Here's a definition of what a disciple is. Uh, the, the members of the church are intentionally investing in one another's lives to grow to maturity in Jesus Christ. Members of the church intentionally invest in one another's lives to grow in maturity in Jesus Christ. And uh, that's part of, you may hear us say on staff, uh, we, we here are seeking to make disciples who make disciples. Well, making disciples is part of the process, but the second part, how we know that we are being successful and that we're healthy, is that the people that we're discipling are actually going and discipling. Now, you don't have to take that only on yourself. You do if you're a listener and you're not either in a discipleship relationship with someone where someone's discipling you or you're not seeking to disciple someone else, you're missing out on some of the walk with the Lord. And uh, so you do need to take accountability for yourself and go find someone that you can disciple. We want to equip you to be able to do that, and we have the tools to be able to do that. We want to be able to do that for you. But we're going to be adding more things to our our programming, to to our intensive so that you can understand how to disciple others. That's why we've been doing the Equip Sunday nights, is to teach how to do discipleship, to teach on the doctrines, to teach on the hot topics that are happening uh, in, in our culture around us of how to talk about those things. That is an equipping. That's why we're calling it the Equip Series. That's why we have an Equip Center. That's why we do anything equipped is to equip you, the listener, to be able to go and disciple other people. That, that's our goal, making disciples who make disciples. And so that's a big one. So the characteristics of a healthy church, uh, are, are your people evangelizing? Uh, are they making disciples? The next is biblical membership. We, we here at Peninsula, we want to make membership matter. Uh, the members cons- consist of the people who have given evidence of repentance and sin, uh, from sin. They've given repentance from their sin and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want the membership to matter. In other words, you don't just come through the door and say, hey, I want to join the church. You show evidence that you are a Christ follower. Otherwise, what would membership matter if, if just anybody could come in and say that, yeah, I'm a member at Peninsula? To be a member at Peninsula is saying to those that know you're a member, that you are a Christ follower and that you have followed him in biblical baptism, which we're going to talk about in just a few moments. So that's three of the characteristics. We're going to kind of pick up pace here in just a few moments. Uh, Biblical evangelism, biblical discipleship, biblical membership, and then next is biblical leadership. Uh, what, is it, what does the leadership structure look like in a church? There are lots of Scripture texts about this, by the way. Acts 20, uh, 
Titus 1, 1 Peter 5 talks about the shepherd and the qualifications. 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 talks about the qualifications of that. Um, you've got 1 Timothy 3 uh, that talks about the qualifications of the deacons. Uh, and remember, you know, we had said from the Baptist Faith and Message, the two offices that are recognized scripturally for the church are the office of pastor and the office of deacon. And they have specific tasks that they're supposed to carry out in working with one another. We want to be biblical in that. We want to follow what Scripture says we should be doing. So you've got biblical evangelism, biblical discipleship, biblical membership, biblical leadership, and then you have biblical preaching and teaching. And, and I know that you might say, well, isn't that kind of like, isn't that just kind of an understood thing that if you're going to be preaching and teaching, it's going to be biblical? Well, no, it's not, unfortunately. All preaching and teaching that is out there today is not biblical. And honestly, Paul speaks to this. Christ himself spoke to this, to, to be leery of those who are teaching a false doctrine or a bent doctrine or a misleading doctrine. Biblical preaching, uh, in my assessment, comes from an expository-style preaching uh, going through the whole counsel of the Bible. And we did an episode a few episodes back on what expository preaching is and why we do it and why we choose to do it. Well, one of the main reasons is I feel it's biblical. It's biblical to do it that way. And I'm not, I'm not going to uh, pick on other churches that aren't doing that because you can have biblical preaching if you're going topical, but there is a specific, specific way to do that, right? I just think it's a step closer to be biblical preaching and teaching when you're following the full counsel of God's Word. You're not nitpicking little things out of it, but you're following what all of Scripture says. It's got to be biblical. And uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't attend Peninsula and you're worried about your church is not healthy, don't just run off and leave the church. Help make the church healthy. Go to your leadership and say, hey, can we talk about, the, here's the 12 characteristics of a healthy church, and I think we're weak in this area. But I will say, and when it comes to the biblical preaching and teaching, um, if you feel like there is improper doctrine being taught from the, the stage on Sundays, if you feel like the preaching is wrong, if you feel like the curriculum is bringing out something that is going down a path of false doctrine, yes, you should approach the leadership and call them out on it and ask them why they're doing that. But if you get a, this is just who we are, if you can't be in doctrinally sound preaching and teaching, I hate to say it, you, you need to find a church that's doing it. And uh, that goes for us too. If you ever find that Peninsula is not following biblical preaching and teaching, you need to call us out on it. And uh, if, if we say this is who we are, you need to find another church. That's just, that's just from Scripture, and that's from Paul and Jesus himself saying, don't let the false doctrines mislead you. So we have biblical evangelism, biblical di discipleship, biblical, I almost sound like I said biblical diapers. Well, you know, we are a church, so our nursery probably does. Okay, sorry. Biblical evangelism, biblical discipleship, biblical membership, biblical leadership, biblical preaching and teaching, and then next is the biblical ordinances of baptism and Lord's Supper. And, and biblical baptism, based on the definition of the word baptism from Scripture, is full immersion in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, it's only given to those who have shown evidence that they are, are, are giving their life to Christ and their life is being transformed by the sanctification process of who Jesus is. We don't just baptize for the sake of baptizing. I don't know if you just saw the recent movie that came out, uh, The Jesus Revolution, where the, the baptism seemed to be the big push. I was so thankful in that movie where uh, when they were baptizing, uh, when they came out, and the, one of the main characters was Greg Laurie, when he came out into the water to be baptized, he was asked first, are you giving your life to Christ? Are you choosing to follow Him for the rest of your life? Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They did that well because you don't just go baptize. It's not a magical water that suddenly makes you great. Uh, our commitment to Christ is heart. It's heart first. It's from the inside out first. Uh, so we need to kind of look at it that way. So that's biblical baptism. Just to baptize for the sake of baptizing because you think it's going to do something for that person that's being baptized is not a biblical call. And then the Lord's Supper is only to be done by those who have given their life to Christ. In fact, Scripture gives warning for those who take communion and are not Jesus followers, that are just kind of like checking a box. Uh, scripture gives warning to those that you're setting yourself up for, for uh, spiritual judgment. So get in there, ask questions to me about that. I can go into that. That's not what this podcast is about, but there is warning on that. So we have biblical evangelism, biblical discipleship, biblical membership, biblical leadership, biblical preaching and teaching, biblical ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and then next, biblical worship. We are going to have a podcast in, in a week or two talking about worship, talking about our song choices, talking about uh, how, we pull, how we know a song's okay to go uh, out to the congregation and what, what pulls a song out, those types of things. But biblical worship. Understand that worship is more than just singing, but it does involve singing because singing and music and poems, those types of things, they move our heart. But a healthy church offers to God worship that is acceptable to Him according to His Word with reverence, awe, and joy. And it does involve the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But those, those songs and hymns have to be saturated with biblical truth. Um, uh, worship includes uh, public reading of Scripture, uh, testimony of God's people, so when I'm sitting there listening to someone else talk to me about, about what God did for them, that brings worship to my heart and to my soul, and I worship Him for how He is, and it involves prayer. And so it has to be biblical worship. And there's a lot of things in this world that people call worship, and I guess by just the raw definition of worship, it could be worship. But biblical worship is something that is found in a healthy church, and that's what we want to be about. And then next you have biblical fellowship. That's where people love each other, they encourage each other, they build each other up, they're there for one another, they, they are supporting one another, they serve one another, they're carrying each other's burdens, um, they're laughing with others when they're laughing, they're crying with others when they're crying. Um, they're, the other person's feelings uh, is on their radar uh, a biblical fellowship will bring about people feeling seen and feeling heard. Um, now, if you only come to a church only expecting to give that and not giving biblical fellowship, you're going to fall short 
and that church is going to disappoint you. It's a two-way street. To experience biblical fellowship is a two-way street. You can't come to a church and say, well, they never talk to me, or I don't identify with them, or I, I don't get those things. That doesn't create biblical fellowship. Biblical fellowship is a two-way street where both are looking to one another, um, where you're actually giving as well to that fellowship. You're looking through the crowd and you're seeing those who, who may be unheard or unseen and you're going to them and you're making sure that day they feel seen and heard. And so it, it's, it's, you have to go both ways uh, for, in order for a fellowship to be developed. But biblical fellowship also um, in, includes uh, kind of an accountability with one another to, to know when something's going wrong in somebody's life, to be able to read that, to be able to connect with that. And let me just talk briefly about biblical fellowship. I'm going to kind of switch gears and kind of just come, kind of come from my, my, my care and, and, and kind of my heart on, on the biblical fellowship part. Um, you, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And the only way to do that is to be present. And, and if a church is going to be healthy, and you're going to experience healthy biblical fellowship, you have to be present with the people you want to fellowship with. And, and the reason I bring that out is there seems to be kind of a sentiment in today's culture, probably because of coming out of the pandemic, right? Uh, the pandemic kind of taught us that it was kind of nice and relaxing to sit on the couch and watch church uh, on our TV, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to really go down that path, but I think in a way it kind of weakened perhaps... Perhaps in a way it weakened our fellowship and the way we view fellowship and the things that we say and do about fellowship. Fellowships is presence. Um, and if, if you think that you can come into a church on Sunday morning and kind of you know, just be a fly on the wall and then maybe go to another church on Sunday night or another church on Wednesday or not go to any other church, and then you come back next Sunday and you're a fly on the wall, I just I, I want to challenge you on something. You're not going to experience true biblical fellowship in that. And uh, so there seems to be a sentiment to where it's okay to go to this church here, go to that church there, do this with that church. Uh, I would say get engaged in a singular church and and be all in. Just buy into that church, dive in with both hands, both feet, and get in there. And uh, start adding to the fellowship. So that's biblical fellowship. And, and I've, I've heard some people talk about, you know, the fellowship of a church. You, you, can't, you can't discover what true biblical fellowship is in just a couple weeks. You have to dive in and be a part of it. All right, so probably I labored that one out too long. Sorry, just felt the need to talk a little bit more about that. Next is biblical prayer. Biblical prayer is members of a church pray both privately and corporately. So if you are a member at Peninsula, you're praying for the church, for the leadership, for the people that you know that go here, uh, for the ministries that we're doing, the missions we're putting out there, uh, for protection from the enemy, trying to bring badness to the body and break you know, disunity to the fellowship, those types of things. But then we also pray corporately. Uh, in our worship times we pray, but then in our connect groups that we meet on Sunday mornings, pray together and pray for one another. Uh, in the prayers, it includes worship of God. God, and in our prayers, it does include confessing our sins. 
It includes thanking God for the blessings He gives us. Uh, it, it includes interceding for others. Um, and we, we're asking God to meet our own needs as well. But a healthy church prays often and prays um, in depth for one another. And, and biblical prayer is enhanced when biblical fellowship is in place. Now, these all are kind of working toward the biblical mission of the church, and we'll be there in just a moment. But it's kind of moving us through a progression of, of the calling that Jesus Christ himself has given us as a church. Next is biblical accountability and discipline. Um, and uh, I want to talk about this for just a moment because biblical accountability and discipline is not something that is popular at all. <laughs> and I, we can understand why, right? I mean, who wants someone else, uh, especially as an adult, who wants somebody else to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable, I'm going to discipline you? Right, but it's biblical. It's biblical for another brother in Christ to walk up to me and say, "Hey, you know that thing you said the other day to that person? Uh, you know that that sounded like it came from a heart of distrust or a heart of this or everything. Can I pray with you on that? Um, or that thing you said the other day sounded like it was coming from, you know, you know, possible sin you have in your life. Whatever that, that accountability needs to be in place, and and not many churches." I'm just going to be transparent here. Not many churches do very well at biblical accountability and discipline. Because let's say, for instance, we have somebody in our leadership, um, that's any type of leadership. I'm not talking about paid staff. I'm talking about even our Sunday school teachers. And we find out that, that they're changing their lifestyle up that doesn't line up with what Scripture is. Uh, someone on staff now has to go, and it's going to be a pastor, I'm telling you, um, a pastor is going to have to go to that individual and say, here's what we've noticed, this is what we've heard. Um, you know, If you're going to continue in that type of, of walk in your life, you can no longer be a leader uh, in our church. You can't do this thing anymore and expect to be a leader because... It's biblical accountability and biblical discipline, but it's coming from a life of your biblical worship, your biblical fellowship, your biblical prayer, uh, your you know your biblical leadership, your biblical membership. If you're a member here at Peninsula, you have said, I'm a follower of Christ, and being a follower of Christ means I'm going to live a life that is transformed. It's not going to look like the world. It's not going to act like the world. It's not going to pursue the things of the world. And, and so biblical accountability and discipline is something that, that we're, we're looking at ways to be able to implement, not to hold people under the gun. We, church should be a safe place, right? Church should be a place that you come in and you feel safe to be you, uh, to worship your Heavenly Father through the salvation that you have in Christ and fellowship with believers in Christ. That's what church should be about. But there's been times when people have come up to me and say, hey, it seems like you're just a little dry in your walk. What's going on? I, I have honestly appreciated that because we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots in our lives where we, we just we need somebody to speak into our lives, and we need somebody to do that. And some of that one-on-one uh, -on -one discipleship is good for that. That's why I say you either need to be discipling someone or you need to have someone discipling you because it builds an accountability. But what biblical accountability and discipline is, is if, if you come in and say you want to teach a connect group, but I know that um, you are, are not living godly lifestyle on the weekends, 
then I'm going to say I'm sorry. That's, that's not how it works. You're supposed to be demonstrating a transformed life. You're supposed to be becoming more like Christ, not more like the world. And some people just don't buy into that. They say, well, that just sounds, why would I do that? Well, Jesus said count the cost to follow him. It's worth it, but on the outside it doesn't look like it is. So anyway, that's biblical accountability and biblical discipline. Just two more. Uh, Next is biblical giving. Members of the church give freely of their resources for the support of those who teach the Word, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the advancement of the gospel around the world. A healthy church gives biblical giving. And that's why I said at the early part of this podcast, uh, you can't just look at a budget and go, wow, their budget's doing pretty good. They must be a healthy church. No, there's actually 12 characteristics of a healthy church. Uh, Biblical giving is one of those, and uh, it is a blessing to not have to worry about how we're going to support ministries and to be able to help those in need and those types of things and how we're going to be able to support going on mission. It is a gift, and it does indicate health, but it's not the only indicator. So biblical giving. Uh, my, my challenge to you is if, if giving has always been tough to you, um, some advice I was given when I was young and started understanding what giving to the church was about, um, I struggled with that 10% number, right? Uh, we, we feel like that that's that biblical mandate, that we have to be giving 10% to the church. And I struggled with that because I was not making hardly anything. I uh, couldn't hardly afford to put gas in my car, but I had to give this, and I could not give that 10% with joy. This was the advice that was given to me. Give what you can this week with joy. And then in a week or two, give what you can with joy, with the goal of giving more of your resources. Through that process, I learned that nothing I have, nothing I own, nothing I possess is mine. It has all been given to me as a gift from God. And so giving back to Him is kind of becomes more and more in my maturity and my faith a no-brainer. And my joy of giving more and more grows to where I want to be a generous giver, um, knowing that um, that is something that he's called me to be. That's a transformed life, by the way. Uh, the, the culture teaches, uh, get what you can, take what you can, uh, you know, you've got to look out for yourself, look out for uh, numero uno type sentiment. But biblical giving is a generosity, a generous spirit to give. And uh, there are some who can only at this time give maybe 5% of what they have, but they can give that with joy. That's what God's looking for. Um, And then there are some who give 20% of their income, and they give that with joy because they, they, they have that that gift of giving, and they just they, they have a generous spirit, but it's something God's matured them into. But we want to be a church that's biblically giving, not only those who are attending. We want to be a church that biblically gives as well. We want to help other churches that may be struggling. We want to help other ministries that are struggling. We want to help people get back on their feet uh, financially if they find themselves in a bad way. We also want to be, as a local body of believers, giving as well. And that's biblical giving. And all of those, all 11 of those that we just went over, leads us to biblical mission. Back to the Great Commission. We want to be biblical in those other areas because it leads us to the final 
the final thing that demonstrates a healthy church, and that's biblical mission. Not only is the church organized to share the gospel and to make disciples locally, but Peninsula Baptist Church is organized to to be actively involved in taking the gospel to the nations. You've probably heard me say before, if you've heard a message recently especially, that God's mission is for His glory to be made known among the nations. Well, we as a church want to join Him in that mission and help His glory be made known in the nations. So we form partnerships with with the missionaries that are on the field. We look at ways that we can uh, enhance the ministry that they're doing to where they're trying to plant a church. We want to help other church be other churches be planted. There, there may be a day that we look at as Peninsula Baptist Church of planting a church here locally. That would be an exciting time for us to be able to be engaged in that, duplicating ourselves out there to where God's glory can be made known. That's the 12 characteristics of a healthy church. Biblical evangelism, biblical discipleship, biblical membership, biblical leadership, biblical preaching and teaching, biblical ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, biblical worship, biblical fellowship, biblical prayer, biblical accountability and discipline, biblical giving, and biblical missions. I want you to know, as you're listening to this, that uh, I have actually taken our entire church staff through this process to where I gave them each of the 12 characteristics on individual cards, uh, each uh, group, I would put them in groups of four or five, they each had a card that had the biblical characteristic and a definition of it, and I asked them to place it on a chart that showed, are we doing this well, uh, or does it need improvement, or is it non-existent in our church? And we went through this exercise to, to demonstrate in our own planning what it means to be a healthy church. And that's what your staff, if you're a member here at church, this is what your pastors and staff are working toward, to make sure that we are a healthy church. That's what drives us. That's what makes us put things on the calendar. Uh, We don't just put things on calendar because we think it sounds like a cool event. We're doing it because we're driving toward being a healthy church that is making disciples who make disciples and going on mission. So you may have questions about that. You may have... uh, uh, a further study that you want to do on that, I do encourage you to just Google Foundations, IMB, find this uh, Foundations book. I've got the journal in my office. I've got a PDF version of it. I read through it often. It is the foundation to what missionaries do, and we want to come along the side and be supportive of that and make a healthy church here that can go duplicate ourselves out there. So anyway... That has, I think, been a great talk on the foundations of what drives us. We'll have some episodes in the future talking through some of these healthy things and what we do as a church on that. Uh, But I want to leave you with reminding you of the dad joke of the day. What is the scariest plant in the jungle? Bamboo. Okay, it all all depends on how you tell it, too. You have to tell it right, and the timing is perfect. Uh, Then people will laugh. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope you have a blessed day, and uh, we look forward to sharing with you in the future in future episodes.